Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Howdy, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. In honor of Black History Month, this week we'll present songs from a variety of modern, world-class African-American performers of traditional American music. Also, writer, musician, and traditional dancer Aubrey Atwater presents the African-American banjo, illuminating the African roots of this enduring traditional musical instrument. That's this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Forged into the roots of blues, jazz, pop, rock, soul, hip-hop, country, old-time, and traditional folk, the influence of African-American culture on the American musical landscape cannot be overestimated. We'll start the show off with a couple of traditional tunes by the blind multi-instrumentalist Jerron Paxton. Paxton's style draws from blues and jazz music before World War II and was influenced by Fats Waller and Blind Lemon Jefferson. Here he sings a couple of classic folk songs. Come. 
out my brain I'd rather be dead than in my grave Than to be in all this trouble I'm in I've been a hobo, I've been a bum Get some cornbread, save me some I ain't never been so hungry in my life That instrument sounds different, and the way you play it is different um, uh, for, for a number of ways. Uh, the biggest thing was uh, banjo was hardly ever played by non-African hands until about 1820-something. Uh, and then after a while, that state that was crossed over for about 100 years. And then after the recording company came in, didn't want to hear nothing but blues out the black folks, it went out of favor. Even in the jazz orchestras, it went out of favor. Uh, so now the sound of banjo is, uh, is a white sound. The black sound's about all gone, except for me. Yeah. I can't find, even some of the black players left to play it, play in the white style and produce the white sound. Uh, uh, it's a shame. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it uh, ain't, yeah. nothing, ain't nothing bad with white music, but it's a shame that all the black music is gone out of it. I wonder what's gonna happen next. I remember the time before the war when our people sleeping on chips and straw. Now I thank God our master did. We just crazy about his feather bed. <laughs>
But I told him I must get loaded and I'm gonna hold a level up. <laughs> That was California musician Jerron Paxton singing two traditional American folk songs, 900 Miles and Soldier's Joy. Next, let's listen to some songs by singer and songwriter Amethyst Kia, a graduate of East Tennessee State University's Bluegrass, Old Time, and Country Music Studies. Amethyst was the only African American in the program at the time of her enrollment. Blessed with a powerful voice and a talent with a variety of stringed instruments, she's in high demand at folk clubs across America. These two songs were recorded recently when she appeared at the Bistro South on Main in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm getting ready to go. 
music and how the different facets of roots in American music formed essentially most of the genres that we have in this country. And what's so great about American music and Southern music, Mother American music in particular is, is that, and what makes it so different from musics around the world is because all different indigenous folk traditions essentially migrated in one way or another to the United States. And so you've got this really unique folk heritage that, you know, it varies obviously from place to place around the country, but it's always a mix of, you know, two different countries or continents. And so in Appalachia, in old time music, one of the things that's kind of notable is the mix of, you know, West African traditions and um, British balladry and kind of forming together. Till I meet him in heaven 
weeping willow, yes, under the weeping widow tree. So he may know where I am sleeping, and perhaps he'll weep for me. They told me that he did not love me, could not believe that it was true. But then an angel softly whispered, he's proven untrue to you. Oh, baby, me under the weeping We've been listening to Tennessee African-American musician Amethyst Kia singing a gospel song, I'm Getting Ready to Go and Bury Me Beneath the Weeping Willow. When we come back after this short break, we'll be hearing music from a founding member of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, as well as from the great Taj Mahal. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. This week we're celebrating Black History Month by featuring some of the great African-American musicians who have appeared on our stage. 
Raised in Phoenix, Arizona, Dom Fleming's involvement with music began by playing percussion in his high school band. He spent his early adulthood listening to records and discovering the love of folk music, blues, jazz, jug band music, country music, and 50s rock and roll. Here's Dom Fleming singing, Whoa, Baby. That was something that, of course, we did in the chocolate drops, like right from the get-go as we got into the folklore community. Um, being a fan of a lot of this stuff, I saw the, the importance of saying, oh, well, let's get this story out there in this particular way. Let's focus it on the different genres that talk about it, but they don't really have a full black string band, old-time music area, um, and, and really try to expand that little section out. And then after 10 years, it's been really cool to see it reflect back and see that uh, at least a good deal of people, not everybody knows about it, but that the banjo has an African antecedent and um, that we have this uh, catalog of music that people can look it up and say, oh, we see this, this, that, and the other um, defines the genre of black string band music. And then, of course, I try to bring in the, the side stories of like... Uh, Hank Williams with like old T Top Pain or Leslie Riddle with Carter Family to to kind of uh, just show that 
black old time music isn't that strange of a thing, but the perception of it needs to be expanded.
That was Dom Flemons, a founding member of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, singing Whoa Baby and Oh Babe, It Ain't No Lie. Next, let's hear from the great blues musician Taj Mahal. Born Henry St. Clair Fredericks Jr. in Harlem, Taj incorporates elements of world music into his works and has done much to reshape the definition and scope of blues music by fusing it with non-traditional forms including sounds from the Caribbean, African, and the South Pacific. Here's Taj Mahal. Crying. 
Okay. Yep. Thank you so much, everybody. We got some of those good old tunes out there. Pack this. Yeah. Well, let's get in trouble. Yeah. Well, you can, you can just imagine back in 1961, when I rolled home with a banjo, people was like looking at me and said, are you serious? I thought we done forgot that old thing. My neighbor up the street said, ooh, that sure was a deathless instrument. <laughs> and then, of course, you can always disarm people by going. <laughs> Around the globe, you play those notes, they all. <laughs> you have the same, same reaction. There's a tune called Tom and Sally Drake.
The Great Taj Mahal, recorded live on our stage at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. We heard Slow Drag and Tom and Sally Drake. When we come back after this break, our friend Aubrey Atwater will surprise us with the origins of what many consider a truly American instrument, the banjo. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Rhode Island native Aubrey Atwater is a talented professional folk singer, musician, and step dancer. Here she enlightens us on the true origins of the banjo. point out to audiences that the old style of banjo playing known as frailing or claw hammer is uniquely African-American. I first learned this style from Carrie Norris in Kentucky at the Heinemann Settlement School in the early 90s. Carrie is the granddaughter of Lily Mae Ledford, who you just heard singing and playing Pretty Polly. She was the leader of the early radio days group, the Coon Creek Girls. The technique where I use the back of my right index fingernail to note the melody has passed unchanged through centuries of American music. To this day, you can find footage of traditional African musicians strumming the same way. Here is a sample from a conting player, Daniel Jada, playing and singing in Gambia. tunes familiar to us in American old-time music, such as Old Joe Clark and Cluck Old Hen, are thought to trace back to African melodies in countries like Senegal. The banjo first came to the Caribbean and then North America with West African slaves, either in idea or physical form, as early as the 17th century. The early banjo, with many variations on the name, was an important part of traditional African-American music. In the antebellum South and other places with slave culture, which were numerous, many highly prized slaves played the banjo for dances and other entertainment settings. 
teaching their masters and other white people with whom they had contact. This particular era lasted over a hundred years before the five-string banjo was popularized and appropriated by 19th century white culture in the wildly successful blackface minstrel show circuit. Newer versions of the instrument replaced earlier gourd construction, and from there, the banjo proliferated into various musical genres including jazz, blues, Irish, old-time, and bluegrass. Here is a 1928 recording of Uncle John Scruggs playing the 1871 minstrel show song, Little Log Cabin Round the Lane. Listen carefully to the dialect and references. years, the black banjo movement and other groups have strived to reclaim the instrument. Here, Rhiannon Giddens, founding member of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, sings Julie, an original song based on a 19th century slave memoir. She is playing a fretless, minstrel-era style banjo. Thanks, Aubrey. Now let's listen to a couple more fine African-American folk musicians. New York City native Layla McCalla, like Dom Flemons, is also a former member of the famed contemporary black string band, the Carolina Chocolate Drops. She's been deeply influenced by traditional Creole, Cajun, and Hawaiian music. Here are a couple of clever songs from Layla. Thank you. 
This is a song called A Day for the Hunter, A Day for the Prey. I think that um, you know a lot of this music comes from um, various cultural collisions over the past few hundreds of years, and um, and I think that uh, you know that's where my music comes from, and I think that's where a lot of even you know old time American music comes from. Um, you know, the fiddle music is in Ireland and Scotland, all over um, Eastern Europe. Um, and lots of people came from there to the United States. And, um, you know, for me, I'm coming kind of from more of a New Orleans, Louisiana perspective because that's where I call home. 
And, um, and that's the place that kind of inspired me to search into um, my, my Haitian roots and um, to explore Haitian music. New Orleans-based Creole musician Layla McCalla. We heard Layla sing A Day for the Hunter, A Day for the Prey, and Salangadu. We're getting close to the end of this week's show, but I can't finish without playing this great a cappella version of Trouble So Hard, beautifully sung by Leela Mae Smith when we were visited a while back by the Jake Leg Stompers from Bucksnort, Tennessee. Crank up the sound and listen to this. Oh, Lord, my trouble so hard. Whoa, my Lord, my trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my troubles but God. I said, Oh Lord, my trouble so hard. Whoa, my Lord, my trouble 
so hard. Don't nobody know my troubles but God. Don't nobody know my troubles but God. Listen, trouble found me the other day. Got down on my knees and prayed. Was Trouble So Hard, sung by Leela Mae Smith of the Jake Leg Stompers. I hope you've enjoyed this week's mix of talented African-American singers. Let us know what you thought about it by leaving us a message on our Facebook page. For Jeff and Darren and Mark, this is your host, Dave Smith. See you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. 
For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. Mm-hmm.